Let's turn to Psalm 40 in our Bibles. Psalm 40. I hope that to some measure you have considered your life and know that you've been in miry clay and the Lord has lifted you from it and put your feet in a rock and put a new song in your mouth. And so as we sing this psalm that David wrote that includes a lengthy prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ that Paul quotes in Hebrews 10, let us remember that it also describes those that are like the psalmist and who were taken up and overwhelmed at times by their iniquities and foolishness and enemies, and yet the Lord delivered them. Let's all rise together and read in unison Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee, If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do Thy will, O my God. Yea, Thy law is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, Thou knowest. I have not hid Thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared Thy faithfulness and Thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have compassed me about. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me, so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of mine head. Therefore my heart faileth me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backward and put to shame that wish me evil. Let them be desolate for reward of their shame that say unto me, Aha! Aha! 
Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. Amen and amen. You may be seated. This psalm ends like the book of Revelation ends. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Here it says, make no tarrying, O my God. The first three verses describe David patiently waiting upon the Lord. And those that patiently wait upon the Lord, He will come and deliver them and bless them. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit, out of the miry clay, put my feet in a rock, put a new song in my heart and in my mouth, and established my goings. That is a reversal of fortune. That is a reversal of spiritual fortune, and it's something for which we ought to be thankful, because those who know the Lord know that they have been delivered from miry clay themselves. I love the fourth verse, because it says, Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust. Who is that man? The man of the first three verses. The man that patiently waits for the Lord. The Lord may not come with your timing. He doesn't owe you your timing. Your timing is insane and ridiculous. The Lord doesn't respond at your time. He responds in His time, and His time is perfect. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. A blessed man does three things. He trusts the Lord, he doesn't respect the proud of this world, and he nor does he respect those that turn aside to lies. He has a very definite commitment for his life, and that's to trust and follow the Lord and to reject all proud men that turn aside after lies, which we will consider further this morning in the second service when we look at the corruptions being made to God's words. We have no respect for those proud and arrogant textual critics and others who want to destroy the Word of God. Verse 5 says, Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. Do you believe they're many? Do you believe they're wonderful? They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. I don't know how to list them. I don't know how to outline them. I don't know how to return them unto you, O Lord, because there are so many of them. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Do you not feel and believe that there are greater blessings and more of them than you can possibly ever list or recount? Don't you know that your mind slips and forgets them very quickly? But the psalmist here wanted to make mention of them, though he said... I don't know how to list them. Beginning in verse 6, we have a prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ that's that's quoted in Hebrews chapter 10. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Though God, through Moses, required sacrifices and offerings under the Old Covenant, that was not what God truly desired. What He desired was the perfect blood of a human, of a man, a human man, that would lay down His life in our place. And the Lord Jesus Christ came and did that. 
Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire, though he required it for his outward worship of the Old Testament. That was not the true need of the legal righteousness of God. He needed a sacrifice that was fit and appropriate, not the blood of bullocks and calves. Mine ears hast thou opened. That is meaning the Lord Jesus Christ has a body and God has opened his ears to obey and willingly go to the cross. That's how Paul interprets it for us. Burnt offering and sin offering thou hast not required. That verse right there shows us that the old covenant was totally inadequate, totally deficient and inferior compared to what Jesus Christ would do in the New Testament by laying down his life for us because that is the sacrifice that he desired. And look at the willingness of our Lord Jesus Christ, the man, Christ Jesus, our only mediator. It says in verse 7, Lo, I come. And in verse 8, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. Jesus Christ obeyed the law of God perfectly from his heart. He was a perfect substitute for us. He was the second Adam. And though the first Adam, by disobedience, had condemned men in sin, the second Adam redeemed them by his obedience. Because he had God's law in his heart and he delighted to do God's will. It says in verse 7, it's written of me in the volume of the book. And isn't that true of the Bible? It's a record of what Jesus Christ was going to do for us. Search the Scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Amen. So here it says it's written in the volume of the book. From the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, there is stated there a promise that the seed of the woman would come and bruise the serpent's head. And it goes on to describe the Lord Jesus Christ preaching righteousness and not hiding it in His heart. God expects you to use your mouth. He gave you your tongue and your lips and your mouth and the ability to speak and pronounce words and to sing for a purpose. And that is according to verse 10, not to hide that righteousness within your heart. According to verse 10, it's not to conceal His loving kindness and His truth from the great congregation. It's to speak and to let it out and to encourage one another in the things of the Lord. And so the Lord Jesus Christ here by prophecy did that. As we go further into this psalm, David takes over because it describes iniquities compassing him about and overwhelming him. They are more than the hairs of his head. And he asked the Lord to deliver him, and the Lord did. And he cries unto the Lord to let his enemies be ashamed and confounded that seek after his hurt, that were laughing at him. Though David was such a delightful man, there were still those that laughed at him. And so we have laughter in the Bible. Aha! Aha! As David's enemies laughed and mocked him. And the Lord Jesus Christ's enemies laughed and mocked him. If you're a prophet, then tell us who just hit you in the face. If you're the Son of God, then come down from the cross. And there are men mocking us today who make fun of our King James Bibles. But let them say, aha, aha, because we have the words of God and we're going to stick to them. And the Lord is on our side, and they shall be ashamed and confounded. And we'll confound them in just a few minutes this morning by looking at what they've done to the Bible and how God has blinded their eyes so that they cannot see, no matter how educated and intelligent they might think themselves. Do you ever feel poor and needy? Here's a verse for you. Verse 17 
But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. When you're poor and needy, and you're thinking that no one else cares, that's why you think you're poor and needy, the Lord thinketh upon me. The Lord is a personal God and does not forsake any single one of His own. And when you feel desolate and lonely and neglected, there's a God that thinks upon you. And the prayer to that God is, make no tarrying, O my God, come and help me. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word. Amen.